and welcome to episode 48 of Into the Podcast. I am your host, Sam, and I'm joined each and every week, the 48th time now, by the cruel cat, Ryan Chitterden. Cruel cat? I don't know. I just, <laughs> I just wanted to say two words with the same letter at the beginning. Right, because the usual I just one, looked at your cat. And, and he is cruel. He is a little <laughs> shit. That's where it came from. <laughs> How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Are you? You know what? I'm all right. I'm extra excited because we are recording... In your new room. We are. We were supposed to do this a couple of weeks ago. But it didn't happen. It didn't happen. So you've got a new room. You've had this has been you've been working on this for what three hours now, this room, and it, it took to make, was it? Yeah, it didn't take long. Just to put a hole in our current wall in the kitchen and then just, you know, the garage was already here. So Exactly. It just, it just that was it. Chuck a sofa and a table in it, and here it is, look. And here it is. Looking all pretty in that. Yeah. So we've actually got a massive table, because before when we did it around here, we had this tiny little round thing, didn't we? Yeah, in my living room. And we gear on. And now we've just got everything on it, and beers, and uh, snacks, snacks, and fucking... Whatever we need. Vapes and pens. We don't even need these highlighters, but there's room for them, so well, keep them you know, there. in case we want to highlight something well, later. Something well, exactly. that's really important. Yeah, that people can see us highlight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so what's been happening then, brother? What has been happening... Um, just the usual, the usual, the usual, really. I Nothing think exciting. Um, what have I been doing? I've, I can't remember the last time we pod- we recorded the podcast last week. Yeah, but it's been yeah. two weeks since I've seen you. We've not gamed, still not game together. That's not happened. No, I've done play- no. I've literally not done any gaming for two. <sighs> it's two, it's two, annoying me now. Two or three weeks now. I think. Stop it. Yeah. One thing I did do, though... Go on, tell me. I went to London. You did go to London. With our boy, Drew. <gasps> Drew Flanagan of Drew Flanagan Music. Tell me out. about this. Um, so we had it planned. I think I spoke about it on the last episode. It was my plans. But we had tickets to see one of my favourite artists, uh, Johnny Flynn. Mm, I have listened to Johnny Flynn since. Thoughts? Big fan. Yeah. Enjoy it. Got to say, the Detectorist song is his best song that I've heard so far. Oh, it is his best song. Yeah. Which he—that's uh, how I discovered him because mm. I love the Detectorists. Um, and for those of you that don't know what the Detectorists is, it's a lovely, heartwarming comedy show that's like a BBC. Um, Mackenzie Crook, Toby Jones, and they're uh, it's set it uh, in England, and they're just literally metal detectorists and yeah. it's just that's it. it's just like two blokes their hobbies it's not like slapstick it's not piss take it's just really heartfelt and it's very british isn't it and yeah. it's sort of lovely like countryside feel and johnny flynn it's got a really nice theme song and mm-hmm. and then i was like oh, who's done this this is amazing that's how i discovered johnny flynn quite quite some years ago and became, i've become obsessed with him since yeah a lot of my playlist is like random crime shows that i've watched on netflix and i've gone oh that's a banging opening tune so yeah. a lot of the harlan coben um t like tv shows they always have banging opening um, opening songs and i always end up just fucking following like the, just getting that song but then listening to the other tracks from the yeah. artists from there they're great that and yeah so that's how i discovered johnny flynn and then yeah like i said i've been obsessed with him since but he's uh, most people probably know him now as an actor he's in quite a lot of things he was in love sick which was a big thing on netflix mm-hmm. um but he's also in like The Dig and quite a few like British films. He's in that new one coming out, you know, with Anthony Hopkins. I don't know if you've seen it. It's about, it's based on that real, the true story of that. Um, uh, I don't, I don't know the story. I don't want to butcher it, but I know it, a man he brought back, he helped rescue loads of children from mm-hmm. the Nazis. Okay. And 
there's a real clip of him on a TV show and he's in the audience and they don't know, he doesn't know that it's actually a trick. It's all about him and the audience is all filled with the people that he saved. Oh, right. So it's like an incredible, incredible real life moment. And now they're making a film about it. And Anthony Hopkins plays him when he's older in like that famous scene. And Johnny Flynn plays him the younger self. Oh, that's amazing. Because so, to me, like the way you described him, you know, how you just get a picture in your head of what somebody looks like. Yeah. He was a 70 year old man with a Santa beard yeah. and like proper fisherman vibes. Yeah. And then obviously you met him. So you took pictures with him and I was like, who's this guy that Ryan and Drew went to see fucking Johnny Flynn with? Yeah. And then you're like, no, this is him. It's him. He's like he's 40 just, year old bloke. But he's, he's, quite, he's quite a baby faced yeah, guy, yeah. you know, sort of just like, he just, he's just a normal, like a normal lad. And yeah, so we went, managed to get tickets um, to see him because I'm I'm pretty on it with tickets for yeah, gigs yeah, for yeah, that yeah. I want to for people that I want to see and for someone like him you have to be because he didn't really tour anymore. Um, mm-hmm. He released an album during lockdown that he co-wrote with a nature writer Robert McFarlane. But I thought they're not going to tour because well he's a he's a writer and he's he's now the an actor big pretty much time Hollywood actor man. yeah so um I managed to get to see him. Long story short, I managed to see him last year. Me and Drew went to see him in Cambridge and then they announced that they were doing two store in-store appearances. So more like an album launch. Yeah, yeah. And I managed to get tickets to that through sheer luck, really, because I, I was on the waiting list and I just happened to get a notification at the right time. So we went down. It was in like a record store uh, in a uh, Rough Trade. Uh, yeah, Rough Trade, yeah. Yeah, so like really, really cool like record shop. And then it just got changed into a uh like they had like a stage so obviously the, sh- the store shuts and then they just quickly move some of the like the shelves out the way to create mm-hmm. like a tiny like it's still only small i think the capacity is only like 300 um so we were buzzing the fact that we got to see johnny flynn and the fact that it was going to be that small and that intimate so we um obviously left the store because we got down a bit early just got the train into london um went to the pub next door went for a, went for a drink and then we're like ah oh, should probably go see what the crack is you know what i mean because we spoke to one guy in the shop while Drew asked him, he was like, oh, what, what's happened when we see Johnny Flynn? Do we just come back at seven? He was just like, uh, yeah, seven. Like, and like, right, thanks, thanks real helpful. <laughs> and anyway, it's a good job we went back out to check at like sort of quarter past six because people were starting to queue already. And um, luckily we joined the queue and there's only like eight people in front of yeah, us. Yeah, so yeah. we're still like, right, we'll be right at the front because that would have been so shit. Get down there early and then you're being right at the back, especially it's in a store. Oh, so it's course. not built really for, fit for purpose so if you're at the back you're st- even though there's only 300 people you're still gonna have, gonna have a shit view anyway we managed to yeah so we were eight um like eighth in the queue and then we just stood like 45 minutes just waiting for it to open but we we're just laughing having a laugh and um drew is someone as you've seen it when we went to comic-con we met michael bean that he's to say he's quite a confident guy he's very nervous around he? famous people yeah, yeah. he just melts <laughs> and um we were laughing because we didn't, we really didn't know what to expect from this in-store appearance. Cause on the thing originally it said, it sort of said like that I'd seen, it was like seven till eight performance, eight till nine signing. So I thought, oh, maybe they'll just chat a little bit, do a couple of songs and then do like a signing, maybe answer some questions. Do you know what I mean? Um, not like a traditional gig. Yeah. 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 And um, I'd seen pictures of the previous store appearance that they'd done in Brighton. It was literally the two of them, Robert McFarlane, Johnny Flynn at the, sat on the front, a couple of stools at the front you know, a couple of microphones in and, and then a guitar. So literally what I thought, I'd probably yeah, answer yeah, some yeah. questions. And so Drew was like, um, oh, what, if I get a chance to ask him a question, what shall I ask? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. And then we we're just laughing. So we, you know, when you go on Google, you put someone's name in, it comes up with like the pre, um, 
pre-question sort of, sort yeah, of like, yeah, yeah. how old is Johnny Flynn? And then you click on that and then it, it brings up like three more questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then what a lot of people don't know is that he's related to Jerome Flynn. And I don't know if you know Jerome Flynn. He's, he's a lot of people will know him. He's re- a really famous actor, probably best known to most people now as being in Game of Thrones. He's Bronn in Game of Thrones. Okay. So he's like Tyrion Lannister's sort of henchman. Um, he was also, he's part of Robson and Jerome. Now I know who he is. Yeah, I know. Why don't you start with that? Yeah. I never watched fucking Game of Thrones. Yeah, well, that's what but the thing is, because we're a generational thing now, most people will know him as Bronn from yeah, Game yeah. of Thrones because that's the biggest thing he's done. But Robson, one half Rob- of Robson and Jerome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. From Soldier, Soldier. Yes, mate. He's also in like Ripper Street. He's in loads of stuff. Big, big name. He's him and Johnny Flynn are half brothers. Amazing. And so, both fantastic musicians. Jerome yeah. was a banging fucking Yeah, well, musician. he got like number ones and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, we were laughing because like, Obviously, we were just looking at these pre-set pre, um, questions on Google and just taking the piss because it's like, how old is Jerome Flynn? Uh, Johnny Flynn. And then it was like, how are Johnny Flynn and Jerome Flynn uh, related? And then the next question would be something totally unrelated. It'd be like, how are, why did Jerome Flynn and Lena Headey not share any scenes in Game of Thrones? <laughs> anyway, we were pissing ourselves laughing, saying you should just ask Johnny Flynn all these questions. Keep going until, you, until someone like escorts you out. And then we're pissing ourselves about Jerome Flynn. And as I'm looking behind, uh, like past Drew into the streets, we're just still like, in the queue. Jerome Flynn walks into shot. No. Yeah. And I'm like, so deadpan. Why didn't you tell me this? I was waiting to tell you the story. <laughs> so I, so deadpan, just said to Drew, I was like, oh, like, because we're literally just laughing about Jerome Flynn. I was like, ha, 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 ha. Oh, he stood right behind you. And obviously, you think. He's taking the piss. Off, so, yeah. so Drew, so Drew just went, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Turned and looked around, shot back. I was like, fucking hell, it's Jerome Flynn. <laughs> <laughs> that is insane. Yeah. Did you get to talk to him? No, we, no, we could have done if we wanted to. And it was one of them where he was stood outside for a bit, but he was with his family. And uh, we're like, yeah, like yeah, there's yeah. kids there and we couldn't, didn't know if the Jerome's or Johnny's kids, but like, there's like a few of them. So they're obviously family and friends. So, cause it, they all went in and, we went in, we were right at the front, right at the very front. We had an amazing view. Um, but we literally got like Jerome Flynn just stood right next to us. That is insane, and the, and the, man. And the fam- and family. So it, it felt, genuinely felt like it was Johnny Flynn and Robert McFarlane's family and friends and me and Drew That's watching insane. this show. It was Both crazy. dressed as fishermen as Both well. Both dressed as fishermen. Yeah, that was not planned, pre-planned, by the I'll, way. I'll put this picture up on the uh, on the social media because they were both dressed as fishermen. Yeah, like, Weird. I, we just met up in Nottingham and I, I was wearing like my turtleneck um, sort of woolen top. Yeah. And then Drew's in like yellow dungarees. Bright yellow dungarees. <laughs> like, like, it couldn't be any oh, more fishermen. Didn't realise you were coming as a fisherman as well. <laughs> and um, yeah, but, like the gig was incredible. Like it was a real nice performance. But... As opposed to the Brighton one, uh, what happened was Johnny Flynn came out, sang a couple of songs with his guitar, and then Robert McFarlane came on, and they both um, just did a little chat, and they're like, "This was un- this is unscripted." Yeah, keep going. Um, yeah, this is unscripted, so they just just reeled off some, you know, just a bit chat then robert mcfarlane went off the stage and then they brought the backing singers on oh cool so it felt like, a, like more of a proper gig because mm. even when we saw him in concert last time it was literally the two of them just the two of them so johnny just with his guitar and robert and they sort of did like a story like he would tell a story like the narration and the meaning behind each song and then oh, johnny cool. would sing it oh brilliant so this was like more of a proper gig than we'd ever seen before anyway yeah 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 
And then they sang like all but two songs from the new album. And I was like, this is incredible. Like it was so, so good. And I, I just turned to Drew. I was like, surely what they're doing here is they're just doing a proper gig, but sacking off like the signing aspect. Yeah. yeah. And it didn't, cause it didn't say anywhere that was doing a signing or anything. And we couldn't find it online. So I thought, Oh, fair enough. You'd have that trade-off, wouldn't you? You oh, go, of course. proper gig, right at the front, incredible view. Stood next to half a Rodson and Jerome. <laughs> yeah, just stood next to Jerome Flynn. And it was one of them, do we get a picture with him? We, do, we didn't want to be those guys because, you know, he's there with his family, he's with kids, and we're like, it's not his thing as well. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it'd have been different, like, if it was afterwards and they were sort of, like, milling around in the bar area, then you'd probably go, oh, Jerome, do you mind like, going for a picture? But especially when you're waiting to watch the show and stuff, so... We tried to play it cool, basically. And you did. Yeah, and well, we did. We actually did. Could have got um, him on the podcast, though, bastard. And, uh, <laughs> and then, um, so yeah, incredible gig. And then at the end, obviously, like, bear in mind, they'd done all but two songs from the album. We said, all right, we're going to do the signing now. I'm like, no way, this is insane. Um, the downside was, because we were at the front of the gig, it meant we were at the back for the queue for the Which signing. Which is okay, because you're out for the night anyway, aren't you? Yeah, so exactly. You well. And I, you know, I had the next day, like, off work and stuff, so it was, it was fine. Um, but then... Yeah, we just end up in the queue for ages. But long story short, we got to meet him. Um, no one was asking for pictures either. So we're like, oh, maybe because of security there, obviously, like maybe you're not allowed to do pictures. I brought, I've got really nice artwork um, that I got on the tour last time um, when I got out and managed to get in Cambridge. It's a really beautiful like piece of artwork for the tour. And I've actually managed to convince Claire to have it up in this room, in the dining room. So it's yeah, really yeah, nice. Yeah. It's not like a, like a, tacky tour posters like really nice artwork so i took that with us and i was like i wonder if you'll sign that you don't know how funny people are going to be as well especially in a record shop you don't yeah, know it's yeah. like oh it's only things you bought here mate type thing mm -hmm. but it was none of that it was just really nice really proper like happy vibes got him to sign my tour poster he signed our vinyls for us because the ticket for the gig 25 quid that included a vinyl the it's vinyl mad, of the game, which is it? 25 quid which he then did a live performance for like an hour and a half. Then he did, he signed my tour poster and my vinyl. And then we got pictures with him. And it's mad, isn't it? And you're like, for 25 quid? Like, if we'd <laughs> gone to like Comic Con, that would have cost me like 200 quid or oh, something. Oh, easy, yeah. It just felt so nice. It wasn't mercenary at all, if you know what I mean. It was like a proper genuine thing. It was incredible. L literally. Long story short, one of the best nights of our lives. We oh, both amazing. came away proper buzzing. Like everything fell into place. You know, like anything that you could possibly have wanted from that night happened. Oh, and it great. was just fucking perfect. Especially because like, like I said, for me, you, well, you know how much I fucking love Johnny Flynn. He's like been one, I've been an artist. I've been a big fan of for a long time. So yeah, un, unreal night. That and then nice. just the fact that we stood next to Jerome Flynn watching the gig, it's just fucking madness. Oh, that is fucking awesome. Yeah, you've so really, cool. you told me a few bits about it, but yeah, didn't tell me that. You no, I wanted to save that. <laughs> <laughs> that is fucking awesome. Well, there's a little bit more Drew Flanagan news as well, which I'd like to put out there as well. I wrote on this bit of paper because I couldn't not. So I've been missing Drew a lot recently. Mm -hmm. So I had to text him and just say, I miss your face, Drew. I do. Yep. I miss your face, mate. And he messed me back going, oh, I miss you too, mate. I'm actually not far from you in Hull Beach. I'm at a wedding and I've been, you know, seeing pictures. I was like, will you make sure you go and get pissed? Have a great night, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Anyway, later that night, I see some pictures that he's put online. So he stayed in this hotel and when you book a hotel it's normally like how many people are staying blah 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 then there's always like any special instructions <laughs> yeah. so drew flanagan being drew flanagan writes 
uh, a printed off picture of Nicolas Cage on my pillow so I know he's watching me whilst I sleep. Yeah. <laughs> the motherfuckers printed off a picture of Nicolas Cage and put it on his pillow. But Nicolas Cage from Con Air, that yes. incredible shot where his hair's just billowing away. Oh my God, I couldn't believe it when it that happened. It was the funniest thing I've it ever seen. It was so, so good. And they just responded to him, didn't they, saying this is the best request this hotel has ever seen. We'll see what we can do. Yeah, and and there it, it was when he got into his hotel room, little bed, Nicholas Cage just sprawled out on it, looking beautiful as oh, ever. It's so funny. Do you know what's really, really weird though about that? So that was on the, the it was a Saturday night, wasn't it? Yeah, that? it was. Yeah, and I didn't obviously didn't know about this because he didn't post it till the Sunday. But Claire and I were at our friends, sort of like we had our Christmas do um, last week, and you know we all went around our friend Kyle's house. We had like Christmas dinner and stuff, and you know had loads to drink. And Claire just drove, so we're coming back, and I was, I was a little bit pissed in the car. And I was like, oh, do you know what I want to do? I want to go home and I want to put on Con Air in bed. Really? Yeah. It's <laughs> Honestly, and I was like, I really want to do that because I feel like I just need Nicolas Cage in my life right now. And we came, we went home and I put on Con Air and fell asleep to Con Air. So Nicolas Cage was watching me sleep that night unbeknownst to me he's cheating on you that Drew was doing the exact same thing. <laughs> but how weird that we both thought that night Totally I need separate. Nicolas Cage. I need Nicolas Cage. It was like, it was fucking <laughs> mental. Like, you, honestly, when that put, like, just madness, you can't make it up. I fucking love it. Well, it just goes to show how in sync you two Yeah, are. clearly. Well, yeah, look at the, you know, both turn up as fishermen, both yeah, needing exactly. Conair, Nicolas Cage to watch us whilst we sleep. <laughs> <laughs> well, seeing as we're talking about Drew, should we play a bit of Drew and have a little snicky snacky snoop? Get yes. out of the way. <laughs> that just rhymed so beautifully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Right. Uh, yeah, Drew Flanagan Music of Drew Flanagan Music on Spotify. Just type in Drew Flanagan Music. Here come Sam and Ryan, listen to them both speak. They've come through hours all with their pop culture critique. But are you even a nerd if you don't overread? So come on, everybody, it's the snack of the week. There's our boy Drew. I miss him so dearly. Please come. Should we get Drew back on the podcast? Oh, I definitely need because to, yeah. we've obviously only had him on the once, and it was an absolute fucking shit show. Not the episode, the fact that we were supposed to try record, and the gear wouldn't work. Yeah. So we had to not record, and then do it the next day when we was hanging out of our bollocks. Oh, we were so rough. Like, uh, one of the roughest I've, I've been yeah in recent times yeah it, probably in the last 10 years one of the roughest i've ever been and then it's got to a point where like max was asleep on the sofa and then two of my friends turned up and i had to like be like just sit there and be quiet yeah, while we finish this trying to rush through Bobby it got dropped off my daughter got dropped off halfway through yeah. and it just it didn't it was a good episode but it was so rushed and it Bruce was, deserves more than that yeah absolutely so we'll get him back on we'll have some bivy bevies and we'll just enjoy it so um snack of the week I bought us a drink, and yeah. we uh, we got a little something from your wife. We have. So should we do the wife first? Sure. Um, Talk us through this. So this is a staple mm-hmm. uh, in our house, because we don't get that many snacks, but if we go to the shop, then Claire will often pick these up or ask me to get them. So <laughs> pretty standard. It's a Kit Kat Santa. Standard for this time of the year. Yeah. Obviously, you normally get the Maltese of Bunnies around Easter. Yeah. And then the Kit Kat Santa at Christmas. And these are great. And what's actually surprising about these, because you wouldn't think they are at all, but they're gluten-free. Are they really? Yeah. So mm. that's why Claire, I think, is a big fan, because 
They're the sort of thing you would expect to have gluten because it's like biscuity. Oh yeah, of but course, it's, yeah. It's, there's no 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 gluten in it. So Claire bought this just because they're your favourites. Yeah, and certainly is, Claire's favourite. And this is what it's about, isn't it? We want you guys to buy us snacks. Yeah. First and foremost, and secondly, buy us snacks that you love, so we can discuss whether we love them also. Yeah, we feel that a little bit closer to you. Exactly. It doesn't they don't have to be weird and wonderful all the time? No, they don't. So a lot of time they can just be banging snacks. Of course, mate, and that's what we want. Weird and wonderful is great until they taste like shit. Yeah, Do you yeah, know what I mean, absolutely. So should we eat this uh, uh, chocolate yeah, sandwich? Yeah. Cheers. Cheers, mate. Cheers, Claire. Thank you. Mm, thank. Oh, you can't go wrong, can you? I'm just. This is good. It's just good, good chocolate. chocolate snack. Everyone loves the Kit Kat. Yeah. Everyone loves Santa. Yeah. Hmm. How old were you when you found out Santa wasn't real? Or was that it? <laughs> was me um, telling you then the time? <laughs> yeah. I don't know a specific date, but me and my sister had our suspicions one Christmas because what my mum and dad were used to do was Obviously, we get presents from the family, and we get presents mm-hmm. from mum and dad. And then, but what we would get would we get we'd eat, we'd get a joint present usually from Santa. Okay. So you know, if it was like, and that would be like the big present. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. whether that was like the a, PlayStation, a PlayStation or, yeah, or yeah. something like that. So we had our suspicions that Santa wasn't real one Christmas when we checked the presents in the morning. You know, mum and mum and dad watching us open our presents, mm-hmm. and my mum had had a few drinks the night before when writing the labels and instead of it saying to ryan and jessica you know merry christmas love from santa it said to ryan and jessica merry christmas love from ryan and jessica (laughs) in a a slightly drunken scrawl i'm chittered in you are my hero (laughs) and then all you can remember like us reading it as little kids like from Ryan and Jessica, what's this? <laughs> and then my mum just laughing in the background, like trying not to laugh. <laughs> so that was a big moment where yeah, I think that gave question marks were yeah. raised. So there was no family sit down over dinner conversation. Yeah. Your mum got pissed and fucked up. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Because it's weird, you know, because like, obviously I have a six-year-old mm. and we talk about Santa and we discuss Santa and we do the elf in the shelf bullshit. But I've never given it any inkling that Santa's real. So presents are wrapped early. My, I'm 80% done with Christmas shopping. It is now the 25th of November. That's impressive. I'm 80% done and they're wrapped. That's very The impressive. decks aren't even up yet. Yeah. That's good, isn't it? So she gets nothing from Santa. It's all from me. Mm-hmm. The presents are always under the tree immediately. Yeah. So at no point is it like, oh, presents randomly turned up or blah, blah, blah. But we still talk as if Santa's real. Yeah. At some point, she's going to be like, hold on. Something done. But because it's always been that way, I suppose there's nothing out of the ordinary. Yeah, true. So, um, yeah, it's a bit weird. Because I I do keep thinking, maybe I should change that to not ruin the magic for her. But then at the same time, if I change it, that would be weird. Yeah. Yeah, I get what, I know what you mean. Yeah. So, anyway. I don't think there's any hard and fast rule on that, is there? There isn't. Fuck it. And plus, I don't want some fat man to take the thanks for this fat man buying presents yeah and i think that's you why I, like, what, I think that's what why, why my mum and dad used to do it that way like most of the stuff like would be from who it's actually from yeah. and it'd be one present from santa yeah no santa's given her nothing yeah i work uh, hard for that yeah i stress out every i hate christmas because it's fucking financially crippling and i stress every year <laughs> and i'm not letting someone else get the thanks for it uh, i don't blame you yeah <laughs> right 
So what's our drinky, snacky, snicky, snoo? So the drinky, snicky, snacky, snoo, obviously we are having a few drinks tonight. This is the uh, second weekend in three. We're going to be getting pissed and doing the Royal Rumble drinking game. Absolutely. Just because... Spontaneously it's this very weekend. spontaneous, this, this, yeah. this weekend. 10 o'clock this morning, you mentioned the Royal Rumble drinking game and I said I'll be there in two hours. And, and that's literally what happened. <laughs> <laughs> But I went to a uh, went to a social the other day with some friends, and my a friend of mine had mentioned this drink, and I went, "Oh, I think I've tried it. I'm not sure." So it's a Brewdog Silk Road, and uh, I said, "Oh yeah, I'm sure I've tried that." He then brought one with him to the social, and I was like, oh, "I'll have one beer because he had to drive home." And I went, "Oh, give us a sip," and I was like, "I've definitely not tried this. This is that nice. I would remember this flavor." Yeah, because incredible. it's a lychee and mango hazy IPA. Um, so yeah, I was adamant I've tried it, but now I'm thinking a big fat no, because I would remember that flavor and would have bought it so much more. Well, I'm just Are checking you my, on your app? I'm checking on my untapped app and I have not had it. Yes. I, I've, I've had two friends have it on three friends have it online and you're not one of them. So you have not checked it in on untapped. There you go. Then I've not used untapped in a while. No, you haven't. Maybe you can check it in. Today. We can do it afterwards, can't we? Oh, I'm close. You know what? Tonight I will get my because I bought some new beers. Yeah, I will hit my 600th Ooh, beer on Untapped tonight. Nice. I like it. Currently at 596. Right, less appage, more Silk Road because this is fucking delightful. It's a 6.5. 6.5 cent is my first drink of the night. Fucking hazy. So I've been really good. This is a 6.5, but I bought a crate of 3.4 sessions for tonight. Very sensible, Just especially when I, we're doing a drinking exactly. game. Exactly. So I thought that, and then, you know, we'll probably end up having a whiskey or something in the middle, won't we? Probably so, most like, more than likely, because we will run out of uh, beer. Oh yeah, easy. Because you, we got, you get through so much playing the Royal Rumble drinking game. Yeah. So then and we'll we've got, on whiskey. you know, we've got 30 years worth of Royal Rumble drinking games to catch up on. Exactly. <laughs> And 30 years worth of Christmases where you get whiskey and don't drink it. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah that so well for us, <laughs> right. So, chin yeah. chin, my friend. Cheers. Enjoy your. Oh, the road is long and fruity. Mm. Oh, that is nice. Lychee and mango is such an unusual flavoring. Works, doesn't it? Mm. That is a delightful beer. You would not know that that is six and a half percent. No, you wouldn't. That's the problem with these fruitier ones. Mm-hmm. Heavy on their alcohol percentage, but. Very light, very crisp. Yeah. Because we're a bit different because you like your um, your drinks at room temperature, whereas I quite like mine out of the fridge. Yeah. But I leave them out of the fridge now just because I'm okay drinking them at room temp. Yeah, like I don't, I'm not opposed to them being cold. Mm. Like if... I remember like the, the sort of snobby mm. beer drinkers always mm. being like, oh, you shouldn't ever have sort of like, you know, like your ales or IPAs or anything at, in the fridge because... When they're chilled, it takes away the flavour. Yeah. Um, which I get. And so now I'll just have... And because I'm so used to drinking it that way now, I'm just, I just don't bother putting them in the fridge. But there is something really nice about having... Especially on like a hot day or when you're really parched. Or your first one, yeah. Yeah, and you're the first one where it's like cold oh, yeah. from the fridge. Oh, yeah. Mm. So... I actually went back to see if I'd discussed this before. Uh, this brings me on to a documentary that I watched recently. So I think I might have mentioned either last week or the week before that <clears throat> I got a bit obsessed and, and took a deep dive into uh, watching documentaries about the dark web. Mm. I don't think I went more into um, into anything there. So I watched a couple of videos 
on YouTube or TikTok or some crap about the dark web. And I thought, this really fascinates me, this. I'd obviously never try getting on it, but it really fascinates me. So I said, oh, it'd be nice to watch a couple of documentaries on it. Mm -hmm. So I just typed in Google, what's the best documentary about the dark web? And it was a documentary about Silk Road. And the reason I watched it was because Keanu Reeves did the, uh, talking of it, did the narrative. Oh, right, okay. Exactly what I want to watch. A documentary on fucking dark web narrated by by Keanu Keanu Reeves. Reeves, Yes, please. So do you know what Silk Road is? No. So Silk Road was the first like online buying platform on the dark web. So where you could buy your guns, your drugs. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of things on there like, you know, hitmen that turned out to be bullshit. You know, a lot of the hitmen on there would just take your money and not do anything. But it was mainly for moving weapons and and drugs. Um, I will, at some point when I get the chance, before the end of the episode, I'll tell you what it's called because I can't remember. Oh, I think it's called like The Deepest Web or something like that. Right. But if you search for The Deepest Web or The Darkest Web with Keanu Reeves, it's so fascinating. Because it tells you the rise and the fall of it. Right. So the guy behind it, um, the fact that he was supposed to be a bit, you know, no one really knew who it was and actually... uh, so he was a character's name. I can't remember the fucking character's name now, but the main guy was a character's name and his thing being a little bit like the V for Vendetta thing of, it doesn't matter if I get caught or if I go to jail, someone will take my mantle. Right. Okay. Do you know what I mean? And then yeah. the next person will rise as this person and it'll just keep going and keep going and keep going. It was fucking fascinating. man. Yeah. Like that sounds it. It really was. And obviously very opposed to that side of, of the dark web. And again, it, it kind of goes down the storyline of the dark web of how it's not, it wasn't created to be an evil thing. You know, it was to help whistleblowers. It was to help the government, the government and like, and the mm. army be able to send messages to each other that are undetected and stuff. So actually the dark web isn't an evil place, but what it's used for is used for bad and used yeah, for evil. Yeah, yeah. So it was such a fascinating like watch of how it's not a bad thing, but it's used for bad and how it's used for bad. And then this whole story around Silk Rose, uh, Silk Road. And I'd love to remember the character's name, but I can't remember. Um, And like his rise, his fall, how he got caught. And then the uprise of that character again, fucking fascinating. That is interesting. I will, I'll try Well, when we take a break in chatting or your your chat and I'll have a look, see what it was called. And I'll, I'll mention it, but yeah, when I saw these, I was like, oh, I need to get you a Silk Road. And I was like, ah, I'll quickly yeah. mention that. Dog, no, dog I see, I, well. I would associate Silk, I've never heard of that before. I would associate the Silk Road with like the historical sort of trading route yeah. to China, potentially, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, isn't it the Silk Road? I think it was, yeah. Um, the Europe to China, was it? I think so, yeah. So I'd associate that as the Silk Road. Um, but I, it's not something I know really at all. I know you spoke about it before, like the dark web and stuff. We need to get um, Ed Williamson uh, the, uh, into the podcast uh, resident history. We do need to get uh, that boy on here because to, um, to confirm this for us. Yes, absolutely. Maybe, maybe Ed, if you are listening, you should uh, send us a sixty-second snippet of what the Silk Road means. Oh yeah, we've not and we actually... can and we can have that. We can add history corner into the uh, into the podcast. <laughs> ah, okay, so it's just called Deep Web. Deep Web. Deep Web, and it's uh, it's like seven out of ten on IMDb. Um, eighty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, yeah. If you can find it, Deep Web. Very interesting. Um, very interesting chat. Now, what else have we got? Oh, I tell you what happened. Something that I've done recently. One. I mentioned either last week or the week before that I'm starting a new job. You did. So when this comes out, I will only have five days left at work. 
then I'll start my new job. So I managed to wrangle my way to uh, my old place of work where you work. Mm -hmm. I managed to fucking blag, uh, oh, I need to go there because I need to fucking do this, this, and this job-wise. Yeah. Anyway, so I went there for the day. It was really nice. I did absolutely sod all. Unless my boss is listening, then I did absolutely sod all. <laughs> um, so I did my work when I got there. It was really nice to go around, talk to people. I saw you. Yeah. Um, caught up with a lot of old friends. It was such a lovely, lovely day. Um, so I went into my old office in our in, in the department and had a bit of lunch. And there's a lot of new faces there. Mm-hmm. So I'm sat talking to our friend Joe, who we've mentioned a few times on here. And there's a couple of people that I'd not met before. So I introduced myself, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I'm talking to Joe about something. And I just hear this new girl that I've not met before whisper, is that podcast, Sam? <laughs> <laughs> mate, mate. So that, that was Alexis. Yeah, yeah. That, that nice. you mentioned earlier. Uh, she's giving you some recommendations for films. Yeah. So we now know that she listens to this podcast. Alexis, I want to personally thank you. You made me feel like a fucking rock star for all of about five seconds. Is that podcast Sam? Just under her breath. I was like, yeah, baby, here it is. <laughs> because it's really good. Because it's one of these days of walking around. I'm seeing people I've not seen in a couple of years. And I felt like a local celebrity walking around. Well, anyway. yeah, you know, so many people. <laughs> yeah. Because I mean. Returning cause I, hero. Because I'd worked there for so long. There wasn't anybody I didn't know. And obviously coming back in. And um, like a lot of new faces and stuff. So I was like, okay, it's not the same, but, you know, it's going to be nice. I'm going to be coming back to work at your place uh, a couple of days a week. Um, so, yeah, so I felt like a bit of a local celebrity anyway, walking around. And then when I heard that, I was like, you've made my day. Yeah. Yes, baby, you've made that's my quality. fucking day. I absolutely loved it. That is quality. Um, so that's basically all I've fucking done, really. I've had a couple of horror nights. So I think we should chat about films that we've watched recently. Yeah, okay. So... We may as well do the horror night that we did together. So we got the psycho sickos together. We did. We meant we did actually mention this on the last episode how we was going to watch Boogeyman. Mm-hmm. Um, so our friend Kanish told us that we had to bring color themed snacks. Apparently, it's a TikTok trend. It's a TikTok friend trend. We've it's, never seen it. Um, snack board or color board or something like something this, yeah. like that. I don't know. I'm not. We're, we're not. Yeah. We're not cool with the kids. Maybe we should get into the podcast onto TikTok. That's we maybe should. how we'll. Reach we need a to wider start audience. filming it. Which FYI, I'm looking into. I need to know how much it's going to cost me and how much of my life it's going to take to learn how to edit. Yeah. But I am looking into filming these and being able to get us onto TikTok. But bear with. It'll not be tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah. So this new trend and two of the girls came with these gorgeous looking boards with fancy food. And they I, did well. And I just turned up with a, because everyone picked colors and there was barely any colors there. So I was like, well, I'll go white. I'll go white because everything, like everything you can get in white packet. And normally it's the like value stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Sainsbury's value, you know, the fucking cheapest of cheapest shit. Uh, yeah, no, that was hard work, mate. Nothing's in a white packet. No, no. The, them, them crisps that you get, you know where you put your own salt in and shake them? Yeah. Okay, That's yeah. about it. Right. They come in a white yeah. pack. Um, so we had all these snacks. We had the worst takeaway we've ever had. Oh, God, they were, that was bad. It was bad, bad as well. Uh, like, it? genuinely, probably the worst cheesy chips I've ever had. Oh, by far, which was weird because after this, I've fucked your pen a lot, it's leaking. Oh, no. Um, but after this, I'm going to talk about another horror night I had, not last night, the night before, and... Me and her ordered from the same place, but their chicken, their wings and burger side of it. And it was the best burger and chips we've ever had. Yeah, see. But it's from the same fucking yeah. place. So I don't know how they did it. It was just weird because me and you got the same thing, didn't we? We got cheesy chips, but then we also got, some, we also hot, got wings. hot wings. And the hot wings were banging. Yeah, they were all right, weren't they? And, but then the cheesy chips oh that turned up late. Yeah, so they said... they missed on our original order. Yeah, they missed a bloody wrap and they missed two lots of cheesy chips. Oh, it was a fucking nightmare. But... 
we're going to sit down, we're going to watch Boogeyman. But then we discussed, what about Terrifier 2? Because last time we all got together, we watched Terrifier. Um, and Boogeyman's on Disney, it's easier to get hold yeah. of. Whereas if we're all together, I don't mind just buying Terrifier. It's like £3 or something on it was Amazon. Like 199, wasn't oh, it was £1.99, wasn't it? Because it was a like, Halloween special yeah, discount. So was like, for two quid. I'll just buy it and then it saves... Cheaper than the worst cheesy chips of all oh, time. Oh God, absolutely. It saves everyone spending one ninety nine to watch it. Yeah. So we watched Terrifier 2 with Chris Jericho. Yes. The star of the show, Chris Jericho, who is in the after credit scene for about 40 seconds. 40 seconds. I thought he was going to die a horrific death. I was hoping but he But he, di- he didn't. So no. maybe he'll return for Terrifier 3. I really hope so. Um... He so, wasn't actually that bad. To say he's a no, re- he for those that no. don't know, Chris Jericho is a very famous wrestler um, from way back at when. We've just but, watched him wrestle. Yeah. Um, and he was just, yeah, just in a post-credit scene. As soon as he popped up in the credits, I was like, Chris Jericho, right at the start. Like, no <laughs> way. Um, so what, go on. What you'd, you'd already seen Terrify 1 when we first watched it. Yeah. And obviously you didn't know Terrify 2. Uh, and for those that don't know, Terrify, uh, the Terrify films are a gory slasher horror film series and it's the main character is art the clown who mm-hmm. is a mime all dressed up in makeup in his costume um doesn't say a single word in in either of the films and he's just the villain that goes around and kills people in horrific horrific ho- ways. horrific horrific ways um like a lot of the characters i'm not giving too many spoilers away but he's a very he's almost like is that question like you have, you know, we like Mike Myers and stuff like, are they supernatural? Yeah. Are they, can you kill him? Can you not? Like you got, he'll get shot, but like he'll then come back alive and all that stuff. So we really enjoyed Terrifier 1, didn't we? Um, when we first watched mm-hmm. it and then we're going into Terrifier 2, a two and a half hour long <laughs> two film, and a half hours, which is yeah. very long for a horror film, especially mm-hmm. like a gory slasher film. What did you think of it? Loved it. I yeah. absolutely loved it. Now I'll be honest. It was long, yeah. and bearing in mind there is a lot that goes on in this film. There's a lot of horrific deaths. I mean, there is a death where he practically skins someone. Yeah, and you see it as well. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. one of those films, because this was released independently, mm-hmm. and the guy who directed it did all the special effects. So, and because it's released independently, he had no studio saying you can't do this and you can't do that. So they show everything. Oh, it, they it's show probably the goriest film I've ever seen yeah. Terrifier 2. So there's a scene where he skins someone, you see everything, and then he just pisses off out of the room. I mean, there's a lot of things where you're like, how is this person still alive? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Physically yeah. not able. Yeah. But he then pisses off after skinning her and like... And she's, craw- she's crawling around, trying to get to the phone with like half a back and half a face and she's been scalped. Yeah. And then he comes back in... With a tub of salt. And bleach. And bleach. So he pours bleach into the open wounds that she's been skinned and then starts rubbing salt into them all. Now that, oh. that itself is oh. fucking horrendous, isn't oh it? Oh my God, it was it so is horrific. so bad. But that's what you, that, that was one death. That was and just one. And it was, a, yeah, there is a lot, a lot of deaths. Um, for me personally, the bit I winced at the most, and I think any male would do the same, oh, is when, when a man is taking a piss um out outside and then he just sneaks up art the clown sneaks up to him and stabs him in the dick <laughs> stabs him in the dick and you There's see no it and it. then he's just on the floor and he just keeps repeatedly stabbing him in the dick and then chops his dick off slams it against the car window where he, that guy's 
part girlfriend yeah. is in the car and his dick is just slammed up against the wall uh, at yeah. the window and you are it's like what the <laughs> fuck but that bit with that first stab that came yeah. out of nowhere just instantly winced and like oh god yeah but there's i mean there's some iconic scenes in it so um there's there's this dream sequence quite early on where it's like a kid's TV show and this woman's singing a song. About like coming to the clown cafe. Coming to the clown cafe on a banjo and it's all very happy. But then Art comes in and like takes them all down with a fucking Uzi. But they're all smiling and happy about it. Sort of like a really weird, surreal scene, isn't it? Yeah, there's a kiddie in Art, Art the Clown cereal, but it's it's full of maggots and razor blades. Yeah. Like real messed up stuff. So there's a lot of iconic scenes in this film. But uh, for me, the best thing about this film, the one thing that I will take away from it is my introduction to Lauren Levera. Lauren Levera. Lauren Levera is the uh, lead uh, actor in this film. And she might be the love of my life. And I've, I've said this before in films. I've said this before. Where I've like, I think I'm in love with this person. Yeah. This is, that, that was lust. Yeah. This is true love. This is true love. <laughs> this is true What's love. What's the difference uh, in this? Well, like, why do you love her and not just lust? For her. Well, uh, you know, she's got a set of lovely personalities. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's just, I don't know. Because when we saw her, we first initially went, she kind of looks like one of our friends yeah. a little bit. And then as the film went on, she started wearing less and less clothes. And then she didn't look as much as our friend. And then just by the end of it, oh, I love her. So yeah. th- the one thing I didn't quite like about this is they put a like back storyline to art the clown which was weird yeah i hate it when they do that try and explain him and like you don't need explaining just yeah so the idea of it is is the lead characters is lauren levera's uh father created comic books or drawings and he created art the clown in this drawing and he would be defeated by having his head chopped off by this like woman dressed in very Almost skimpy. Like, very reminded me a lot of like Xena, the Warrior very Princess, Zena, but with wings. But with wings, so quite like an almost like an angelic figure. Yeah, and she saw these drawings, didn't she? And she makes a cosplay for it, like a, mm-hmm. for Halloween. Um, yeah. And what was really nice, what I actually did like, because she was a great character. It was nice to have like a strong badass female warrior type woman Absolutely. that's going to stand up to him rather than all the previous people that had got that previous victims. They're all just stereotypical horror deaths and they go they out, are. they don't really go out with a fight and it's just all a bit like, and what you need to remember is these are B movies. Oh yeah. It's proper, so proper B movie. The first one was very B movie going into C movie. I mean, this is still a B movie just with more money and it's, it's, he's now a cult character. So we yeah. know he's going to make the money back. Um, so yeah, so the first one, it was the stereotypical like damsel in distress type yeah. scenario with, with the female um, characters. Whereas this one, yeah, like she's starting to learn. She's starting to figure out how to fight him, even though there's so many times where she shoots him in the head or stabs him or, you know, and he's just not going down. The fact that she still has this fight. She's still, yeah, it's pretty cool. That's there's some pretty psychedelic scenes in it. Like the, like when she w- wakes up, we think she's dead, but she's drowning. And yeah, like yeah. towards the end, there's some pretty crazy ass scenes like that. But all in all, for a two and a half hour film where every other scene is a pretty graphic death. Oh, extremely graphic. It's great. I it's loved it. Fun. I really loved it's, it. It's it's not for the weak stomach. If you like gore and you love horror, 
this film is You've for you. You've got to check it out. You, you can't not watch the yeah. Terrifier films. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was just a great night. You know, we watch it. So we sat there. There's me, you, our friends, Kanish, Samaya, and Magdalena. And um, everyone was just enthralled. Bar Samaya, who was actually Googling the ending of the film whilst watching the film. Well, she, doesn't like, she doesn't like horror films, though. <laughs> but yet she joined the horror gang. Yeah, I think it's just because she wanted to be socialised. <laughs> she was us. one of the first people to she, get a shirt. She didn't want, she doesn't actually like horror, so she couldn't stomach <laughs> looking at it. And this is not what to watch if no, you don't God, like horror. No, not at all. Um, so all in all, we was very disappointed with our chips and cheese, but absolutely loved the film. And it's one of those films because it was so gory and, and the gore was done in a really well, like really good way, as in as realistic as those things can be. Um, it stuck with me. Mm. Like I have thought about it quite a bit and like oh, some of the too. characters as well, like Lauren Levere's character and some of the scenes. Yeah. It, it stuck with me rather than just like an instantly forgettable horror film. Cause a lot of horror films are that they are just so forgettable. Oh God. Yeah. Um, so yeah, a big, big, big thumbs up for that. Yeah. I'll be interested to see what they do for terrifier three. So they've already like, put out a few little things about it i mentioned it last week obviously so it comes out october 24 it's going to be a christmas film um and obviously as i mentioned last week big boy hollywood picked it up and dropped it immediately when they saw the first scene which fills me full of so much hope yeah because that's what i love yeah, yeah, yeah that's what i need out of life is just batshit crazy gore terrible ways to die because what terrifier does is so i still watch the saw films today just to see how they're creatively going to kill someone. Yeah. So I find that kind of thing fascinating. Oh, what have they thought of this time? Oh, that's a pretty inventive way of killing someone. Whereas this, they've thought up some very inventive ways, or they really sort of tap into your psyche of the stuff you really don't want to see. Yeah. And put it out there for you. Yeah. So for a guy to be like, oh yeah, fucking big boy Hollywood's picked me up. And then he's like, well, if you don't want to see that, then go away. Yeah. I'll do it without you. I'll do it without your money. Because he's been so successful without without Hollywood. So he exactly. knows he doesn't need it. Exactly. I think Terrify 2 actually made a lot of money. Because Terrify 1 was sort of like straight to DVD streaming. Yeah, thing. it was. Yeah. So it was independent. And then the second one, I think, got a, uh, like a limited run in the theatres or the cinemas, should we say, mm. um, and did amazingly well and oh, made yeah, a yeah. massive profit for because he... The guy who does it, like I said, he makes it all himself. He does all this, all the the gore and the special effects himself. So it's so impressive. Um, so that's great knowing that he can do whatever he wants. Yeah. He's got total free reign, and, that's what you and he's not going to sell out because of that. Yeah. Um, what's crazy though is when I went to that horror comic con. Yeah. Is that the actress who plays the the woman from the the psychedelic clown cafe scene? and who sings a song was there. And she came on stage and sang that song with the scene on the big, like the, the cafe scene on the screen behind and yeah, just sang it. And it was so bizarre. So I've seen a live rendition yeah, yeah, of yeah. that seat of that song played. So right now we're recording this on the laptop, which is many years. It's older than my dad. Yeah. So uh, if I was at home, I would just clip on the song yeah. at the end so you could hear it, but go and listen to clown cafe from terrified Two. It's, for what it is, it's a banjo, spooky yeah. kind of upbeat song, but with this really horrible sort of scene happening behind it. Give it a listen or watch that scene on YouTube or something like that. Or go and watch the film. Go watch the film, in fact. Yeah, Don't just go watch the it. film. Just do it. Um, so we've got about 15 minutes left, so I'll talk you through my second horror night I've had this week. 
Go for it. So I have a friend by the name of Chloe. She, me and her, it's weird. She lives three three streets down and we get together once every three, four months. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I remember you saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then you watch a load of horror films. We just watch a load of horror films. So um, we always get a takeaway, watch a couple of horror films. So we we had no plans of what to, what to watch. Um, so we went with Five Nights at Freddy's. Ah, the new one. The new Five Nights and Freddy's. Now, I didn't actually know anything about this film. I know they brought one out. I was dead against it because I'm a big fan of Willy's Wonderland. Mm-hmm. So I've done no research. I didn't know who was in it, what it was about. I knew I knew it was a, a, a Jason Blum film, mm-hmm. but that was it. Um, mate, this is star cast. Really? So the main guy is the um, lad from Hunger Games. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fucking Matthew Lillard's in it. I don't know who that is. Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. Oh, shit, you know, yeah. Fucking I Lillard. fucking do. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. He's a fucking legend in it. He's looking old now, boy. Oh, I bet. He's looking old now. But um, <clears throat> the kid in it, so one of the ghost kids in it, is young Luke Skywalker from the Obi-Wan series. Really? Kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a woman in it. So it's all recognisable faces, just and, every yes. everyone. And there's this like evil aunt in it who's trying to take away um, the young girl, who I'm like, I know, I know her. I've seen her in loads and I've looked through her discography and I haven't, I don't recognise any of the things. Right, okay. I know her. Yeah. So I'm thinking, do I know her in real life at this stage? Because <laughs> I've not seen any of the shit you've been in. But, Maybe um, Google her. She's probably from Lincoln or yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it turns out we dated once. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so we watched that. Mate, I'm, I'm giving it a thumbs up. Really? Okay, because I, I know, I'd, I think I'd... I've not seen a lot about it, but I, I, I think the bits I had seen were quite negative, which Just is not that shocking for a horror film. Go in expecting what's on the fucking tin and yeah. you'll enjoy it. It's a film about a security guard that has to look after this place that basically just has animatronic, like, bears and shit that come to life and kill you. Yeah. If you expect... It's, yeah. ba- it's based on a very simple video game, isn't very, it? Very, very... I mean, I think it's expanded over the years because it's become a cult classic, but, like, in video game sort of thing but it was a kids game to start off with right like a bit of a kid horror game initially um it's good yeah. it's just fun right i didn't walk away from it being like it was groundbreaking there was nothing you know there was a twist at the end that our friend chloe was like oh i didn't see that coming i was like i don't know how you didn't see that coming yeah. <laughs> of course it was the only because it's such a stereotypical sort of ending like yeah. twist that i saw it coming a mile off but it's just fun, man. That's what Anima- you want. Animatronics. Um, I, I don't want to give too much away about it, but the the, the storyline behind it is the main guy, the security guard, his brother was nabbed years ago, was taken from this um, family camping trip they had. He's a security guard in a mall. He witnesses a kid being abducted, so he beats the shit out of the bloke that does it. Turns out it wasn't an abduction it was just an angry dad pulling his kid away. Right. So they're like, you're going to go to jail if you don't sort this. He's got a little sister because the mum died who lives with him, but the aunt's trying to get full custody. Okay. So he gets offered this job to look after the uh, place that has the animatronics in it. And his job is basically just to keep people out. Yeah. And, you know, people break in, they come to life, some pretty, I wouldn't say horrific deaths. There's a couple of like gory parts in it, nothing over the top. But it's just fun, man. Yeah. You know, you're just watching something and it's that ridiculous that you can uh, laugh That's at what it. like Willy's Wonderland is. Oh, which exactly. Is, uh, we've totally spoken about before. without Nicolas Cage and without the gore. Yeah. Which again, I, I fucking love that film because it's just fun. It's just a fun horror, a silliness and it's pure escapism. 
That's what film is for me. Exactly. And that's, that's what Five Nights... It, don't get me wrong, it didn't touch Willy's Wonderland. Okay, but yeah, yeah. I, I still, in a way... Would it hit it better if it wasn't Nicolas Cage who played that character? Pro- yeah, probably. But then I suppose the way the character was wrote was really interesting. He doesn't talk. Yeah. He just but ni- Nicolas Cage does bring something to it, doesn't he? Oh, of he? course, absolutely. He always does. So, um, yeah, so no, that's, I'll, that's I'll point it out there. Just go and enjoy it. It's yeah. fun. I, I laughed. I laughed. Yeah. I, I wasn't scared at any point. There's no jump scares for me, but I laughed the whole way through. I was like, what the fuck's going yeah, on? Because yeah. it's just fun, man. That's so, cool. Yeah, I'll, have to, I'll definitely check it out because I did want to want to see it. And then now that you've given it a good recommendation, yeah. that, that that's... Just a laugh, man. Yeah. Just a laugh. So we actually managed to get the film on quite early. I think we banged it on about 6 p.m. So by the time that I'd finished with eating something, I was like, oh, should we just watch something else? Yep. Um, so we watched a film called The Jester. I knew nothing about it. All I knew is it came out this year. The cover of The Jester was... Basically, the exact same cover as the black phone, you know, with Ethan Hawke. Oh, yeah, with the mask. And, yeah, yeah, but it's the just hat. the jester's mask instead of that. So I was right. like, oh, well, yeah. should we give it a go? Um, so we popped it on. Um, immediately, you could see this was a C movie. Right, Not, not okay. even a B movie, yeah. it was a C movie. So I was like, okay, we'll, we'll give it a go. And basically, it it very much takes, um, takes from Terrifier but this jester that's walking around and like terror, like scaring people throughout Halloween, he actually has like magical powers. So like the opening scene, he he's talking to this, like this bloke's talking to him and the jester pulls his tie up as if he's hanging himself, but the bloke opposite him then starts hanging. So he's right. got these magical powers or whatever. So it kind of takes a lot from Terrifier. Now what this film did was take everything from Terrifier could have possibly gone wrong and then made it worse than if it went wrong right okay i honestly to this day i have never finished a film and realized i was an hour and a half older than when it started and i was pissed off about it yeah because right at the very end as well there's this scene where i don't know how they defeated it I still can't tell you. Don't know what the fuck happened in this film. By this point, I was Christmas shopping, I'll be honest. Yeah. I've had enough. But, um, never a good sign, is it? There's just this scene at the end, you know, the whole like, oh, we all get together and kind of triumph. Mm. And basically it just goes, ha, this film was a metaphor. And we go, we don't care. Yeah. We know it was a metaphor for, I need to not blame myself for my father's death. And oh. I need to not dislike my half sister because my dad ran away with a woman and had a kid with someone. That's what this is all about. And we're going, okay, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> what? It may as well have just flashed the word metaphor. Metaphor. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This, oh. this stands for something. No, it doesn't. It stands for wasting my fucking time. <laughs> I'm pissed off. You fucking owe me an hour and a half. Like how much is an hour and a half of your life worth? Mm, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Okay. I'm not saying I do a lot, but I think an hour it, and a half of my life is worth a few quid. So I'm going to sue him for that amount of money <laughs> to get that money back because that was dog shit. It, it should never have been made. I, I think the film probably cost about £4.50 to make. Right. Okay. There's one scene where blood splatters and it'd be like me flicking cherry aid in your face. Okay. Like yeah. that, that was the, uh, yeah. That, that, that was the graphics in this film. So if anyone comes across Jester 2023, avoid it like the plague because you do age watching yeah, that film. That's you, fair. You notice yourself aging. Yeah. It's not okay. I'll I'll definitely avoid that then. <laughs> it, honestly, the thing is as well, because obviously from that, I think now when I watch clowns or mimes or whatever, I'm always going to put it in a box with art. Yeah. 
and be like, okay, so where does this hold up with Terrifier, which I love. But at the same time, it can still be done very well. Oh, yeah. Like, like the clown, the mime as a character can still be done very well, even if we are holding it against high standards. Yeah. Because there is a lot of high standards. Even like, you know, there's a lot of famous ones, like Pennywise, Pennywise as well. Like, course. you know, if they're done very well, they can still be terrifying in their own right. Of course they can. You know, because clowns, for a lot of people, and masks are just horrific anyway. Absolutely, you don't need to do yeah. anything with that and you're already looking at it and you go, fucking hell, that's awful. So to get that wrong is is pretty bad. Um, I th- just There's just one film I, I've watched that I want to talk about. Go on. And I watched it last night. It's been on my watch list for a long time because listeners of the podcast will know and you know, Sam, that I'm a massive Resident Evil fan, as in the games. Mm-hmm. And I finally watched Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City. So that's the newest film, isn't it? So it's a film that came out last year. It's a brand mm-hmm. new film. Still not seen it. And yet. it's a total standalone film because there is a lot and lot of Resident Evil films. The ones with Mila Jovovich in and the, I don't know, there's about seven or eight of them. And they are very loosely based on the games there's a couple of characters that make appearances in those, that series and the storyline's not really a thing. It's, it, the main character is totally fictional. So it's a loose, loose connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas this was the first time where they've gone, right, we're going to make a faithful adaptation of the games. Oh my God, this sounds like it's going to be amazing, Ryan. <laughs> so what they've tried to do is... <laughs> tried. Tried, everyone. Tried. They've made, taken Resident Evil 1 story... So the Resident Evil 1 story is obviously the original game and it's set in the Spencer Mansion. So it's just set in a mansion. The stars, so special forces basically, have to investigate some murders in the mountains. They get attacked by dogs and they're driven into this creepy old mansion in the middle of nowhere. That's the start of the game. Then you pick one of your characters to play. You either pick Jill Valentine or Chris Redfield they have slightly different stories, but you have to figure out the what's going on in the mansion whilst getting attacked. You know, the zombies start appearing, mad creatures in the Resident Evil world, as well as like giant snakes and sharks and stuff. And it's got a really cool story <laughs> in it. Sharks. Oh, there is that shark scene, isn't there? The sharks in like, like sharks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. there's an underground laboratory. It's all, it's all a front yeah. for like a pharmaceutical company that are making, testing weapons and experimenting stuff. So obviously some of it's not going to lend itself to a film adaptation, I don't think. Cause it's but a, there's it's enough a game. there to do something yeah. with it. Yeah. Just have like the zombies and the creepiness. That would be fine. So rather than just focusing on that and going, right, we're going to do an hour and a half faithful adaptation of that one game because you could cut out a lot of the the stuff that doesn't work and just focus on some of the, focus on the characters, mm-hmm. the double cross, make it make it scary. Make these films scary. <laughs> the first game isn't the scariest game of all time. I don't think it's as scary as like something like Silent Hill, but it's still creepy. You're going around a creepy ass mansion and it's one of those games where you can't, fight your way out you have to be careful you have to be very careful with your ammunition you have to figure out lots of puzzles i suppose the, the something that the first game 
I think the reason why a lot of it's scary is the mechanics of your character as well. Yeah. So the storyline is scary. The zombies are scary. The fact that you've really got to be careful with ammo and shit, especially the harder levels you do. But the mechanics of your character of how you have to stop, aim, point. Yeah, so you, you can't, can't move, you can't and, move shoot, and shoot. And the camera's fixed. So yeah. you can't look around corners. You're walking towards camera. You can't see what's around the corner. So that makes it a scary. But you, oh, there's, there's a lot you could do that with that in a horror film easily. Um, but yeah, so like what they've done is they've combined that and the Resident Evil 2 storyline. Okay. So Resident Evil 2 is, it is a sequel, but none of the characters are the same. It's set in the city and the city's got a zombie outbreak and it's a bit more, it's a bit more your classic zombie story set in a police, mainly set in a police station, you know, the, you know, the raccoon police department mm-hmm. and it follows Leon Kennedy, who's a rookie cop, first night on the job, turn up for work, the city's on fire. And he's thinking, what the hell? You know, what the fuck am I doing? And the other character is Claire Redfield, who's Chris's sister. She turns up looking for a brother. Again, you can play as both characters and and their stories slightly differ. So they've mashed that too. So that's a lot of content straight away to get in one film. And it's only an hour 46. So straight away, I'm thinking, that's a lot to get in. Okay, but it you is, could cut but a lot. It's doable. But if you could, if you just keep it action, action, or not even yeah, yeah. action, 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 just keep it story driven, whatever. storyline, yeah. Straight away. Opening scene, it's set in an orphanage and Chris Chris and Claire are orphans and they're being raised by the William Birkin, who is the doctor who experiments on everyone. Yeah. And straight away, like, well, that's just stupid. That didn't that, happen. That didn't happen. And now you're forcing, <laughs> like they do, oh, there's all big, it's all connected. You know, your, main, your protagonist is linked to the main villain. Fuck off, he's just a policeman turning yeah. up. He doesn't need to be connected to the main yep. big bad guy. Anyway, like long story short, it's not good. <laughs> it, it's not good because I can't believe they fucked up a Resident Evil film. Like how? How have you done this? Like I'm not someone like I'm part of some Resident Evil fan groups on like Facebook and stuff, and obviously they always kick off. And what a lot of them always do, uh, quite a lot of them, people put posts up saying like, "Oh, if they do a film adaptation, such and such would make a good Leon." For example, Leon looks like a stereotypical. Japanese made protagonist, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. fair, like fair, beautiful man, bit angular faced, long, floppy hair. Stereotypical, like anime type protagonist. So he's got like blonde, like curtains. So what that means to most people is someone has to be cast as Leon that has curtains, an actor. So that straight away people go, Brendan Fraser in The Mummy had curtains. He would he would have made a good Leon, even though their characters are not similar at all. Yep. Um, so that I'm not someone that they, it has to be that specific because the guy that played got the got to play Leon is like a Hispanic actor. So straight away he's not him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they've totally changed his character. Right. So Leon is the rookie, and he, everyone refers to him as the rookie. But that doesn't mean he's an idiot. He's very capable. And ends up being the hero, and he's now one of the most badass characters in the franchise. One of the, probably, I would say, arguably the biggest character in the franchise. People love him. Okay. So they turn him into a fucking idiot. Oh, you're a rookie. I remember you, but you're on. You joined us as a rookie because you shot your partner during training. Oh, for fuck's and you're like, sake. And he's just the bumbling idiot. And he's like, cannot do anything. Like a, a, someone steals his gun off him. He can't shoot his weapon. And you're just like, why have you just shat all over 
one of the main protagonists, one of the main heroes that people probably really wanted to see in that faithful adaptation of, and just gone, nah, we don't like that. I'm going to do my own thing. Like, straight away, you're onto a loser. And Fox all sake. the characters, like, quite a lot of the characters. I'd say Chris Redfield's probably the only one that's quite like him, but that's because he's he's quite a generic character. He's a bit, he's, he's bit two-dimensional as a character. He's just your stereotypical male hero that just goes on and cracks on with it. So he's okay. There's a couple of half-decent action scenes. Some of the set pieces, it's quite nice to see, like the police station. Some of the Spencer Mansion shots are like, that looks just like it. That's really cool to see. Okay, that's cool. So there was a couple of bits where I'm like, oh, this could have been something special. Could have been good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not. And again, they're just, they're just, they're just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't get why people just do their own thing. And Resident Evil, as a big Resident Evil fan, I'm looking for, I just want a great adaptation because The Last of Us TV show proved that people can, can do done, and it yeah. can be done. They can have a faithful adaptation. Okay, you can change certain bits, but the pure, the, the core storyline, the core characters are the same. And it works so, so well. So I just don't get why they go, we're going to make a faithful Resident Evil film and just do what the fuck we want. I think the problem is with that <clears throat> is we knew that that was going to be good solely because HBO picked it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what we need is a Resident Evil thing that HBO bring out. Yeah, pretty or much. Or someone like that. Yeah. I mean, I'm giving the juice. Fucking Paramount are smashing it at the minute as well. Yeah. Like, a lot of the stuff from Paramount Plus is really fucking good. Um, But we need someone like that to pick it up. And yeah. Like, Not- we will take the reins. But the thing is, it's that tarnished now. This, this people yeah. have white. No, there's no point. Someone needs to go to someone like HBO and go, give me a writer's, let's show people what we can do with yeah, this. I, I totally agree. Because and I, I think anyone like you and me that are Resident Evil fans are crying out for a good Resident Evil oh yeah, film or like TV I said, show. I, I'm friends with, uh, friends, I'm, I'm, I'm in like Facebook groups and Resident Evil is a huge franchise. There is thousands and thousands of people in these groups. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. And if they did a faithful Resident Evil, they will watch anything Resident Evil regardless. So just do something that's going to, re- there is a huge fan base there that they can tap into. And if it's that good, other people will want to watch it as well. Did you watch the TV show? I started it, but couldn't get into it. You know what? I didn't hate it. Yeah. I didn't like it, but I didn't hate it. Like I got to the end of it, whereas I don't get to the end of a lot of TV shows. Yeah. It gave me something, I guess. And I think like you've hit the nail on the head, and the, one of my biggest worries is that it'll never happen now because it's tarnished, because they've got yeah, a huge yeah. film series that came out before. There's, like, like I said, about eight Resident Evil films that were done by, with Mila Jovic, I can't remember the director off the top of my head, Paul Anderson, maybe? Yeah. Um, what, the newest one? Or uh, the original? The original ones that oh. were just that were just shit. Then they, then they did the TV show, which was shit. Absol- I know you said it was okay, but critically, it's it like universally oh, oh, yeah, hated. Yeah, yeah. And then- Paul, anno- Paul W.S. Anderson, yeah. And then another- just brought out another film, which is supposed to be a faithful adaptation. And again, it was been done shit. So why is, as someone like HBO, would you go, yeah, you're just going to go, we're not going to touch that. Oh, absolutely. Because you've, everyone's come before a shat all over it. And the thing is, there's so many other franchises you can touch. Yeah, I know. Like for me, I'm crying out for a Far Cry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. HBO, pick up, pick up Far Cry 3 or 5. Yeah. All over it, all over it. Because that storyline itself, 3 being stuck. I mean, have you, 
you haven't played them, have you? No. So three was the one on the little island, which was fucking brilliant. And then five was the cult one. I think HBO would do better with the cult one because mm-hmm. you can sort of very much set that in South America, to, uh, not South America, but you know, the Southern States of America. Yeah. Um, and do a great job of that. You would rather pick that up than something that's been fucked already. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so that's a shame. So I would give it a four out of 10. Yeah, it's not bad. For a Resident Evil film. <laughs> For a Resident Evil film. That's what I said. I, I, I watched it last night and then, you know, Claire had not watched it. She was reading a book and she was like, oh, how was it? And I said, it's the best Resident Evil film I've ever seen. And that's not saying a lot. Yeah. And the thing is... That's a low bar. Yeah, yeah. A you, very low bar. Yeah. You know what? I'm not, I'm not going to say what I was about to say because I do want to do a Resident Evil film with, uh, episode with you where we're going to watch all of them again. I'm sorry. Oh, God. I don't, I, know, if, I don't know if I've got the willpower for I it. I was made to do this on the last... Oh. On the last podcast I did, and it was fucking a drag of a week. But we will do this. We will discuss how bad they are. Yeah. But solely just for the chat of, because can you remember the storyline differences in each film? No. No, I can't. I don't think I've seen them all anyway. I've seen probably the first four, maybe, and then I just, I just yeah, cable. So we'll go through and we'll talk about the TV shows, the films, and the games, but I'd love to do a Resident Evil episode with you. And also, not only that, I'd like to do like a Resident Evil-type giveaway for that as well. Yeah, that'd be cool. Resident Evil is still a fucking wicked franchise in oh, itself, yeah. so we could do like a bit of a, a, a giveaway with that. Um, right, should we wrap it up? Yeah, let's do it. Fantastic. So those of you that are listening, I very much hope that you are already liking and subscribed and following us on fucking all that nonsense. All Spotify that Spotify and Amazon Music and all that crap. Um, if you don't already follow us on social media, it'd be great to have you on social media. We don't post a lot, but again, we've had a bit of a chat recently about really pushing this podcast a bit more just to get it in your ears. We're not out to make money or anything like that just to really enjoy what we're doing and have you guys enjoy it with us so get us followed on social media get us followed on whatever you listen this to this on because it'll give you the notifications when we're coming out because one thing we're not good at is putting it out when we're supposed to yeah <laughs> so i mean if it weren't for the fact we was doing this tonight this episode would have been late it would <laughs> and i was like well we're getting together we may as well record so we're very busy people we haven't got time to get out on time so make sure you follow us so you get that notification ring that bell even follow us on fucking youtube if you subscribe on youtube that'll give you a notification saying the episode's out because yeah. it's on youtube randomly and that'll remind you to watch it or listen to it so please go and do that if you don't don't but i'll not be happy i'll not be happy and then watch right if you already do that and you're like but i still love these boys and i love everything they do send us a message give us something yeah. to talk about yeah say i love this film why don't you send talk us about a 60 second recommendation send us a 60 second recommendation if you're new to the podcast we love a voice note telling us about something you absolutely love or absolutely hate you have 60 seconds to do it so let's get that back on we've not had one in a while actually now we've still got a few in the bank we've got a few in the bank so send us some six second recommendations send us snacks mm. because i'm sick of buying snacks. them myself yeah and uh and just love us the way we love you and the way we love each other because this podcast all about love it is ryan sign us off with something lovely I had a dream last night. Oh, yeah. And it was about my one true love. Sorry, Claire. It was, I met Jeff Hardy and it was so lovely. Can we talk about this on the next episode? Let's do it. Peace.